0: The following podcast is a Green Fresh Media production. Hey, Trailblazers. Welcome back to the Business Casual Podcast. If you're new here, welcome to the show. My name is Stacey and we are back with another Trailblazer this week. I'm joined by Caitlin from Pinterest. So welcome to the show, Caitlin. How are you?
1: Thank you so much for having me. I'm doing great.
0: Busy day, busy getting February underway. How has the month been so
1: far? It, the whole year has gone by very, very fast. I can't believe it coming back after the holidays. It's just been hitting the ground running. Uh, January definitely flew by. And here in Canada, we were all in lockdown again from COVID. But things are looking up. Weather's getting sunnier and you know, ready for 2022.
0: I love to hear it. Did you have any New Year's resolutions? Have you been keeping up with them? Or are you not a resolutions type of person?
1: I usually am. But this year, I decided to give myself a break. And I think it's how a lot of us are feeling with COVID, where my yeah. year's resolution was, you know, just keep on surviving, you know, try to be thriving. And I think, you know, not putting too much pressure on ourselves, especially during these these difficult times. So no resolutions for me.
0: I love to hear it. That, that's good advice. I think it's this point, uh, point in time where if you did have any resolutions or goals, you might be slipping up or forgetting about it. So I think it's a good reminder to not put too much pressure on yourself and really just enjoy the moment. So hopefully our listeners having a good day so far, tuning in, hopefully you have a cup of coffee in front of you and getting ready for a productive day. So I'll start with the first question. And that is, if you could pick one of your Pinterest boards to come to life, which would it be?
1: This is an amazing question, especially for me during my life right now, because I am actually getting married in a hundred days to the day. Congrats. That's so exciting. Thank you. The countdown is on. Um, so I literally am bringing one of my Pinterest boards to life. I think, you know, most girls out there, we probably have a wedding board going even, you know, I'm definitely not the type of girl that's been dreaming about my big day since I was a child or anything like that, but you can still get girly with it. So now I'm, I'm definitely bringing it to life, uh, in the crunch time now, uh, really excited, but that, that is my Pinterest board that is, is fully being realized. So you not only have a full-time job, which is at Pinterest,
0: but you also have a full-time job planning a wedding because I've heard it is not something that is easy and like takes up so much of your time.
1: It really, really does. And, you know, I'm, I'm a planner by trade, you know, started my career in, in media planning, project management. So I did not hire a wedding planner and just decided I can do it all myself, which I think I'm doing a pretty good job. But you definitely see that, you know, you get what you pay for with, with that. It's, it's a lot of work.
0: And have you like? Were you a COVID bride? Like, were you planning? Like, has your m- wedding been moved at all? Or like, not? This is a wedding podcast, but I'm so interested <laughs> because it's such a relevant topic right now. I feel like everyone's talking about it, so I have to ask.
1: Yeah. No. Luckily, I uh, was proposed to you on Christmas in 2020. Um, so we planned it, you know, for this spring, hoping everything would be long behind us. Unfortunately, it's not long behind us, but I think we're gonna get there by spring.
0: Yeah, definitely. Fingers crossed. Well. Cool. Maybe we'll have to have you back on for a whole wedding episode, but (laughs) congratulations. Best of luck with the planning. Uh, But the first thing I wanna talk more about on the flow of Pinterest is like what your job is, like maybe what your day-to-day looks like, and yeah, just overall, how you've been enjoying the role so far.
1: Yeah, so I've been at Pinterest for almost a full year now, which is crazy, time flies. Uh, was one of many people who have started a new role during COVID, working from home. So a very weird experience where you just close one laptop, mail it off and get another one to your door and open it up. And that's your experience starting a new job. Uh, but I'm really, really loving it. It's an amazing company. Um, my previous background is being on the advertising agency side and a few large holdcos, including Group M and Omnicom. And then I did move ad tech side to Adobe, um, where I worked in the programmatic space. So that was kind of my my first experience on on the sales side. Then I moved into consulting for a few years at Accenture and now full circle back to the sales side, back to the platform side and just loving it so much. I I would definitely say I think it's my favorite side of the industry Uh, My day-to-day, I am a partner manager, uh, also known as an account executive. So I am a a uh, sales-focused, revenue-driving individual contributor. So my day-to-day includes meeting with clients, which I love. I love talking with people. I love problem-solving, receiving briefs for media plans, putting together proposals, by pulling all the amazing data insights that we have here at Pinterest, um, and, and informing how we can drive our client strategy and, and achieve their goals. So it's a lot of virtual meetings, um, a lot of, a lot of Google slides, a lot of Excel. Um, but it, it's been great and, and definitely, definitely been loving it.
0: And from a, a firm point of view, was Pinterest a company that you kind of always had your eye on? Were you a Pinterest user, Pinterest lover? Cause I know some people really, are invested in the app, and I think in recent years, it's really changed a lot. So what was kind of your experience with the app before you kind of got integrated as an employee?
1: Yes, I definitely was a Pinterest user going back to, to my boards that have been coming to life. Um, and I, I've always wanted to, to work somewhere that I can really represent and get behind. And I think Pinterest as a brand really has that um, in the media landscape space knowing some of the competitors and a lot of the critical scrutiny that that goes on a lot of the social platforms from a data perspective, privacy, fake news, you know, unsavory content, I love how Pinterest can stand behind their platform and as a representative of Pinterest, how I can stand behind it too. Um, so I was a Pinterest user and I had been keeping an eye on them. They broke into Canada, I think about five years ago, closely watching them. And I think that it's definitely a piece of advice I would give um, in your career, keep an eye on the industry trends, keep an eye on what companies are starting to sort of, you know, break those trends and always try to stay two steps ahead. So I saw Pinterest, they were small. I think the office started with only like five or six people and we are now at like 50 to 70 people. We've grown exponentially. So I'm excited that I came in at a time of extreme growth and, and just helping them continue that growth.
0: And if I'm not mistaken, Pinterest is opening a new office in Toronto. I think I've heard some news about that, right?
1: Yes. So uh, previously to COVID, they were working out of a WeWork, and I think they had already already outgrown it um, by the time COVID had hit. Uh, So, so exciting that we have a brand new office, downtown Toronto three floors. It's going to be beautiful. It's currently under construction. Uh, I think it's going to be ready hopefully by spring, summer. It keeps getting delayed. We know how COVID affects those things. Uh, But I think what the most exciting part is, is that it's going to be the global engineering hub for all of Pinterest. So really investing in Toronto and in Canada for how we have the talent, we have the pool of candidates here to fulfill from an engineering standpoint, sales standpoint, marketing, complete cross-functional teams, and they are investing in Canada. And that's why we're getting this brand new office, which I think is just so exciting and really speaks to the volume of talent that we have here and the opportunities that are in Canada for a lot of young people coming into the industry.
0: I'm sure a lot of our listeners who are interested in engineering or CS or anything to do with tech. Uh, I'm sure they're grinning that they heard that because I didn't know. I knew they were opening new offices, but I didn't know specifically uh, like for global engineering that it was going to be so big. So kind of on this topic, break into the industry, you've worked with media agencies, consulting firms, ad tech sales. You've kind of been in all areas of marketing strategy in the uh, industry. So if you could go back to when you first or out of school, fresh out of school, figuring out what you wanted to do. You know, where would you recommend students break into the industry to start? Or what skills do you think are really necessary to kind of get into some of these more technical roles?
1: Yeah, great question. So I started my career at an advertising agency. Um, And I always say that I really value that time and think it is a great side of the business to start on. It all depends where you ultimately want to go in your career. I think if you're coming out of an MBA program or more business school focused program, client side may be a better uh, place to apply your skills or even in consulting, but really for that marketer or, or media person, I think starting at an advertising agency is not only so much fun and you meet so many great people who truly become friends with for the rest of your life. But it just challenges you in so many ways and is really like an expedited training program. I think what you learn in one year at an advertising agency is what could take you three years or more at a client side because you're just so fast paced. You're exposed to so many different things and it really is such invaluable time. You're exposed to different sides of the business because you are working with clients, you're working with creative agencies. So you get to see what other areas are doing as well. And that can also help spark your interest if you're not quite sure where you wanna go, where you start isn't necessarily where you're gonna end up. So I love that at an advertising agency, you're constantly meeting with vendors and other partners and really get so much exposure. And it's a fast track to learning. It's definitely where I learned so much.
0: And maybe for someone listening who doesn't exactly, isn't as familiar with an ad agency, can you give like a quick overview of like why someone would go to an ad agency or the type of projects that maybe ad agencies typically work on? I know there's a broad range of them, but maybe just an overview for someone that's like, oh, this might be something that I've never considered and I might be interested in.
1: Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so I would say there's a few different types of agencies um, and they're kind of on a spectrum. You can go all the way to a media only agency, which would be more planning strategy and activation. So these are folks who are going to be you know, buying TV, buying social media, planning the media mix, um, implementing measurement frameworks, And then on the other side there would be creative agencies so this may be people who have actual creative skills like a copywriter or a graphic designer or more of a creative director side um, to kind of manage and lead the whole creative process and then there's a full service agency that does everything from start to finish which is another amazing um, opportunity to have because you can really see how both ends really work together and ultimately drive the best results um, and then there's also big hold co's uh, within Toronto and within Canada and North America. So that's like the group M's or the Omnicoms I previously mentioned that I've I've worked at previously. And then there's also a lot of amazing boutique independent agencies, which are also an amazing place to break into as a young person, because you're going to work with even more sides of, of the business when you're at a small firm, because the teams are smaller and you need to do more. So you know, you're going to be doing everything from maybe taking the photos of the product, writing the copy, posting it on social media, making the strategy of and choosing which partners you would go with, and then the actual you know in-platform optimizing and reporting. So you just get exposed, once again, agency side, to so many ends of business. And I think the more hands-on experience you have early in your, in your career – as you move up and get you know more into management um, or leadership you're going to be able to relate to and understand what your teams are doing even more and kind of have that respect and that trust from your teams that you know you know what it's like on the ground and into the weeds day to day and like i always think it's really important no matter how far you get in your career that you understand these platforms and the hands on on keyboard kind of sides Um, And then I guess what I would just lastly say with that is I've gone out to a lot of schools, done a lot of talks at colleges and universities. Um, I am uh, on the board of the Ad Club of Toronto um, and also the lead chair of the student committee, so really engaged into our, our schools and into the student body that are going into their graduation transitioning into their careers and i know a lot of schools um, in advertising specifically have a stream for creative or a stream for accounts and sometimes you do need to make that decision early on in your school where you might not know what that's actually like when you're actually working so I would say when I was in my school, um, I would have thought I'd want to be on the creative side. I'm I'm an artist and as a hobby, i really creative person. So I would have I I thought when I was getting into the advertising industry that I was going to be in creative. I think you know a lot of people watch Mad Men and think that's what it's like <laughs> as well. So. I'm really, really happy that I actually ended up more on the account side, more on the ad tech side, the data side. And I would have I would have never said that's where I would have wanted to end up. I would have been like math, Excel. No, get me away from that. But it's it's you know really accessible, I think. And I think also a place that um, a lot of people, a lot of young women can get into, even if you're not super technical is being able to communicate and storytell through data. And it really is um, you know, a place in the industry that there's a lot of demand and, and not a lot of people who um, are able to fulfill that demand. So a huge opportunity right now as well for being data literate and being able to tell stories. So agencies, everything from more project management skills, actual creative skills, and then more um, in-platform kind of activation skills.
0: And I think it's so interesting from a student perspective, because you don't realize that there are so many avenues out there. You just think of the big, like you think of the Pinterest, the Googles, the Ubers, like whatever big firms you might think of first. And it's interesting that you mentioned, you know, the boutique side, because this past summer at Nestle, I got to work with an agency based out of Montreal and it was a little boutique. I think in total, their team maybe had five to six people and they were dealing with accounts like with Nestle, which obviously is a huge conglomerate in the entire world so it's interesting too you don't realize the power that a lot of these boutiques firms have even though they might be small in manpower they really do have a lot of creative freedom and are able to work with such big brands um, so it's definitely an interesting you know route to take and one that i don't think is talked about or you know advertised in schools at all a lot of people just really go the more traditional route so i'm really glad you brought that up and have been able to kind of shed some light into some newer uh, avenues that might be out there because i think it's really important
1: Yeah, I love that. And I I agree. I, I would have never known all the small independent agencies and opportunities that are out there. And to your point, they are working with big brands. And I think a reason for that is that the digital ecosystem is still a wild, wild west in a lot of ways. So even a lot of really large organizations haven't been able to evolve as quickly and adapt as quickly with the skills necessary to fulfill on some of the needs of clients. You know, things like, you know, SEO, SEM, website optimization, personalization at scale, you know, digital transformation. These are all big buzzwords, but the actual implementation um, if you're not able to be agile, you need to engage some of these smaller firms that are hiring people, you know, right out of school with the most relevant skills. And you know, we're all still learning as we go and kind of building the plan, building the runway as we're running on it. Whatever that saying is, uh, don't like all the jargon, but it really is true. So it provides a lot of opportunities, even from a freelancing perspective, which I have mm-hmm. a... A lot of um, colleagues who you know spent five years, a decade, even in the industry at a big, you know, comfortable nine to five hold co, and then went off and started doing their own own freelancing because there's actually just so much work out there, um, and also helping like small, medium sized businesses starting to you know know how to use Google from a search perspective or, or run their first ads on Facebook. So there, there's there's a lot of opportunity out there for the the entrepreneurial mindset as well
0: i'm glad you bring up this aspect of there's always something to learn and the industry's always changing and something i wanted to ask you is how do you stay on top of trends and how do you ensure that you're always learning to kind of be at the top of your game in your career at all times
1: yeah it's definitely really really important um in marketing you know in advertising because as we just said it changes so much day to day you know, privacy rules, data rules, new platforms, you know, Snapchat, TikTok, whatever yeah. comes out next. Um, so it is really important to, to always be learning. Um, and that's something we do at the Ad Club as well is provide resources um, and connect people with with some of the the industry trends and newsletters. Um, I mean, there's a few out there, you know, shout out to The Message, uh, local Canadian um a newsletter, uh, ad week, e-marketer. There's so many podcasts. There's so many resources out there, you know, follow like like yourself. Um, And yeah, but I guess one thing I would say is that some people would say, you know, read a different book every night, be completely immersed in it. But that's exhausting. Everyone deserves a break. You know, have a nice, you know, fiction book to read at night. Use your time on your nine to five at work, carve out time to read those publications. And it should be something that your company supports you in doing because that's how you are staying up to date. So, you know, give yourself a break in the evenings on weekends, but, you know, carve out 30 minutes at the beginning of your day with your coffee to to look at the news I personally subscribe to the newsletters so they come right in my inbox so I get them every day. I can even just do a quick little check, see what's trending, and then you can always do some more research later. Um, And then I would also just say you know, being a part of of events, so events like the Ad Club Throws or NABs Throws, um, going and connecting with people is another way that you have a lot of great conversations and just hear things that you didn't know were going on in the industry and kind of stay atop of it that way.
0: I think sometimes there's so much out there that people get overwhelmed and decide not to do anything at all. So I really like what you said there, even if you just pick one book, one podcast, one newsletter and focus on that for a week and carve in, you know, five, six minutes every single day to read those and kind of get acquainted with what they're, what they're talking about. I think that's a really attainable way to start implementing change because obviously I'm still a student. So my mind is constantly in student mode, but I think in the last couple of weeks, I've been talking to a lot more industry professionals and, um, people who are just out of school, you forget that you're not in that learning momentum all the time. So I think it's important to really keep up that side, especially as you get into the workforce and further away from school as well.
1: Yeah, I think you should always be be learning. Um, I actually have been doing my master's part-time over the past four years and just submitted my thesis and I'm officially graduating. So- oh amazing yeah yeah really excited about that and that was just another way for me to keep learning keep challenging myself you know sometimes it might not be completely relevant to what you do in your day-to-day um but it's just a way to, to your point to kind of exercise that learning part of your brain
0: definitely another question that i had in terms of like digital marketing space and i think tech in general and just from like your experiences are there any misconceptions you think uh, in the industry that, you know, you were expecting when you came in and realized that they're not true? And maybe cause I think as students, sometimes, you know, people talk all the time. There's so many like expectations and you have these big ideas of what it's really going to be like in the industry. So I'm just curious, have you experienced any type of misconceptions that uh, you've kind of been, that have been debunked by your time in the industry? Uh, I would love to hear from them.
1: Yeah, this is a great question. I feel like I didn't have a lot of expectation because I didn't know what it would be like. So I don't know if I had a lot uh, of, of expectations debunked. But one thing that I thought of is I know that the digital space and the technical side can be um perceived as a bit of a boys club sometimes Mm -hmm. or you need to you know be a coder and i think women especially we have a lot of imposter syndrome when we start talking about more like data focused um and and technical focused sides of the business and so i would say I would debunk that because there are so many amazing women in our industry um, who are leaders um, and who have that technical knowledge. And I think we shouldn't question ourselves, um, you know, even if we aren't, you know, writing the algorithms. I think there's, as I said earlier, a huge need for those softer skills that can interpret the data, interpret the technical side, and be able to translate that and storytell that to clients and make it simpler. And I think sometimes it's a way um, to have a roadblock or to kind of gatekeep um, the, you know, digital marketing by making it sound more complicated due to jargon. A- and I think being able to, to distill it down and to, to simplify it is is what we should all be doing to be making it more accessible. So I would debunk that because I've just seen so many amazing women in the digital space um, and in the tech side, and I hope to see more of them. And I think our, our skills um, are highly valuable and highly needed.
0: I'm so glad you bring that up because obviously here in the business casual, our whole focus is to really highlight female trailblazers like yourself in, in different industries. So I think it's really important and it's something that, you're slowly but surely starting to hear more about, but even still, there is still that general conception that, you know, it is a boys club and you still get those um, people in the industry and in school who have that mentality. So I think it is really important to find those women in the workplace or, you know, find someone, whether it be a female or a male, or doesn't matter who it is that you look up to and you think has really paved the way uh, that you are able to follow and reach out for them for help, like reach out for mentorship, you know, follow what they do. And I think, by finding, you know, one or two, even I would dare to use the word role model. Um, even if you don't know that person in your personal life, is really important, especially in an industry that might seem a bit more daunting uh, to break break into at the beginning.
1: Yeah, no, you're totally hitting the nail on the head, and I think that's something. As I've matured in my career, I'm always trying to kind of pass that along, pass the good karma along, and bring people up with you. Um, so I'm always trying to look on for how I can help support people. I'm always open to meet for coffee chats or anything like that, provide advice. Um, people actually send me their resumes on LinkedIn and I'll look them over um, and provide feedback. So there are so many people in our industry. It really is such a community and people are there to help. Um, and I think, you know, we all make each other better by helping. Um, but yeah, I mean, there are still those times where you're the only woman in a room and you kind of have to, you know, prove yourself. But I think the more we see women in leadership and the more we raise each other up, um, the more we're going to have kind of equality in the workplace, especially on the tech side.
0: Yeah. 100%. It's important to be that voice in the room, especially when there's no one else there. And, and just know that there are other people across the globe that are doing the same thing and who are going to appreciate you for standing up and making sure that your voice is being heard. On this topic of you know resumes and cover letters and networking, which is another big word and we talk about it a lot here, on business casual, how has networking played into your career so far? and especially on the tech side, is networking something that is really going to help you maybe break into a, a bigger firm like Pinterest or um, any other big big tech company?
1: yeah so at ad club working with students and going into schools this question is like the number one question because everyone tells everyone to network and it's like the biggest buzzword what does that mean yes. <laughs> so in a lot of um the recent uh, virtual ad club events that we've been hosting um we really kind of distill this down and break this down of What does networking actually mean? What are steps I can actually take that are tangible that I can do literally tomorrow? Um, So long story short, is networking important? 100% yes. I think every single job I've gotten in the industry has been through knowing somebody you know, connecting with that person. Hey, I saw a role was posted. Can you tell me more about it? Um, you know, getting getting an interview that way and, and then, you know, proving yourself and, and your skills. So networking to me is always always meeting with people, always chatting with people. As I said, reaching out for that 15 minute coffee chat um, and keeping up with people. And I think something we've talked about before as well is not always reaching out when you need something. Mm. That reaching out, and this is really you know true for sales as well, is, is just reaching out to say, hey, happy birthday. I saw it was your birthday on LinkedIn. Um, hey, happy new year, happy holidays. And then maybe later, six months, a year down the road, you might want to ask a favor. But then you're not only having that transactional kind of experience. Um, and another piece of advice we give is, is what value can you provide back? So mm-hmm. instead of just saying, hey, I want 15, 20, 30 minutes of your time. Meet with me, you know, say, hey, here's an article I found about Pinterest. This is really, really cool. I thought of this and, and just kind of having that that interchange. Um, and I think networking, too, is, as we said, is, is being engaged in the industry by by putting yourself out there and going to events, following the newsletters. Liking, commenting, sharing on LinkedIn, as as silly, you know, and semi cringy as that may be, sometimes it is a really important platform, especially in the marketing and advertising industry. Um, and yeah, and just keeping up with people. And I think as you start um, in your career, you meet so many people, and that's why I said as well, I love starting agency side because you do just truly meet so many people, and it's about how you treat people in every step of the way, because um, you really don't know. Who may be a peer one day could be your client another day could be your manager another day. Um, so I've seen people before like burn bridges if you're not treating people with respect, um, that it's going to come you know backfire on you. So I think you should always treat everyone with respect no matter what level they're at, and that's just going to make a positive working relationship and kind of continue that networking.
0: And I think going back to what you said at the beginning too, that it's not always about reaching out for a favor, but that's really important. I think that's something that. I honestly haven't heard anyone, you know, on this podcast say, it. it's something I hear a lot, but I think even just the the thought behind sending a message, like saying happy new year, happy holidays, or, uh, you know, wish someone a happy birthday. And I think sometimes, and I, I think this is something that I feel a lot is that I feel that I don't want to be unprofessional. And obviously you always want to act in a professional manner and, you know, not come across too casual, but in the same respect, like remember that everyone's a person and like we all have feelings. So oh. I think, remembering and I think for students it's important to like always be more professional you're not speaking to someone that you go to school with you're speaking to you know a potential client or potential manager but remembering that there is a wall past just what is their career and I think like we really forget that and I think it's a good reminder that I just heard myself right now because I really do think that I just don't think about on a daily basis.
1: A hundred percent. We're we're all people at the end of the day, and I think COVID has helped with that a lot. A lot of those professional norms that could be very gatekeepy have Mm -hmm. kind of dropped to the side because we're all, you know, in our living rooms, in our bedrooms, you know, wearing wearing our sweats and more of our comfy clothes, not not as polished as we usually are. So I think it has dropped a lot of those kind of corporate stereotypes. Um, even for for women with you know using exclamation marks in emails, uh, I know that's something I struggle with. I'm always, <laughs> always have to go back and edit those out. You're like, well, five is too many. That's 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 not professional. But I think we've even had a lot of conversations about that, where it's like, be yourself, and you know, who cares if this is the way I talk? This is who I am, and I think it's better to be authentic and and to be yourself than. Um, to kind of put up that wall, which only kind of continues to perpetuate those, those stereotypes.
0: And I think even when you're applying for jobs, like if you're in an interview or, or you're at a company and you're trying to see if it's the right fit for you, if you don't see other people showing their personality, then that might not be the place for you. Because at the end of the day, if you feel that you're going to work every day, putting on a face and like not truly really being yourself, then you know in my personal opinion, I wouldn't want to work there because I think the day I want to work at a firm or at a company that wants to invest in me as an employee as well as I'm investing in them as a company.
1: A hundred percent. That would be exhausting if you feel like you're putting on like a fake face every day. And I think that goes back to culture. Like you should be able to be yourself and yeah, you want to go work at a company where there's that culture fit. Um, and I think this is something we talk about in the ad club as well is is from the cultural perspective. Um, There's a lot of people um, coming from other countries into Canada, immigrating here um, who have so much wealth of experience and are trying to break into our industry. And there's a lot of differences in cultural norms. And, you know, we've had a lot of feedback from our student body that that um, can be a barrier sometimes. So I think it's also understanding the Canadian cultural norms that it actually is okay to be a bit more casual. Um, It's also okay to ask for things, um, you know, I, we've, we've had that feedback that sometimes, you know, being too assertive um, or too extroverted or um, praising yourself too much and bigging up your own skills is seen as um, a negative in other in other cultures. Whereas here, it's like when you're interviewing, you need to you need yeah. to talk about yourself. You need to you know, you might sound a little big headed, but that's that's kind of what's expected. Um, and we also get feedback as well that not everyone is an extrovert.
0: Mm-hmm. And that's
1: okay. So we're also trying to help build some re- resources and some guidelines for if you're an introvert, how do you network? You know, wow. so I think that's something that we can hopefully, you know, begin talking about more and helping people with.
0: Yeah, I couldn't agree more. It's something that I've seen even, and I'm obviously a very expert person. So it's hard for me to put my shoes, <laughs> yeah, put myself same, in other people's shoes. <laughs> but even still, like as an extrovert, when I, you know, talking back at in-person events, um, it's not easy to interject yourself into a conversation. People are having a conversation. It's not easy to, you know, be face-to-face with someone who, you know, you want to ask a question to. Like, it's just not easy. It's not an easy thing to do. And it takes a lot of practice and even as an extrovert. So I can't even imagine an introvert, like how difficult it is. And so um, definitely great resources. And we'll obviously have the ad club linked uh, in all of our information. So you can definitely check it out if you're interested in hearing more. Uh, One thing I wanted to bring up quickly on the topic of networking is how I actually first met Caitlin, which we were talking about before the episode started. Um, and it was back in 2020 at a conference, uh, the Women in Leadership Symposium at the Rotman Commerce Women in Business Club. They just had their conference this year, but uh, it was actually in person at the Shangri-La Hotel. And I attended Caitlin and uh, her fellow co-workers' uh, workshop. And it was all on like advertising at the time. She was working for Accenture, right? It was the consulting mm-hmm. firm. So it's just so interesting, like and this has happened multiple times in the podcast, but such a full circle moment. So I guess my point of this little tangent was really just that you never know where opportunities could lead. And obviously at the time, Caitlin was not at Pinterest and I would have never thought that I had a podcast. So fast forward, you never know how things might end up. So it's just another reminder that you just take every opportunity that comes your way with an open mind because you really don't know like where things might lead you to.
1: I love that. I got chills. It's, it's so true. And, and here in Canada and like in Toronto specifically, like it's a small industry, you know, like yeah. you run into the same people again and again. So, you know, always just, you know, it, when people are interviewing, it's who do I want to work with? especially when you're coming in at the entry level. If you're freshly graduated out of school, you're not going to have all the skills and employers know that, but it's, it's, do I want to work with this person? Do they seem like a team player? Do they seem eager to learn? So just remember that, you know, personality and kind of attitude, uh, it goes a long, long way, especially early in your career. Yeah.
0: And I think it's something that, we feel as students that we don't have a say in where we work because obviously you want to get an entry-level job. That's that's everyone's goal. Everyone wants to get a job and everyone's stressed out for four years or however long your degree or certificate might be to get a job. And then we get to that point where we might end up, and I was just having a conversation yesterday with uh, someone who was a recent U of grad. And she told me the same thing that she was really stressed about getting a job she ended up accepting something and it was a really toxic work environment she absolutely mm-hmm. hated it and it was honestly detrimental she said to her career now that she looks back you know now she's three four years into at a different company so I think a reminder that's important is as much as you're on the hunt for a job like you're also on the hunt for finding a good culture to work for and we talked about this a little bit earlier but it's definitely difficult because you want to get a job, but it's also important to really think about how it's going to impact your career as a whole and really your life. Because again, balance is key. You don't work 24 seven. So making sure that it's a company that's going to really invest in you, I think is not talked about a lot, but important to remember
1: yeah it's they're not only interviewing you but you're interviewing them um -hmm. which I think to your point is definitely way harder when you're just trying to break in there's so much pressure you know you need to make money you've just graduated school so I think you know you probably do feel like you have a bit of a less of a choice then but definitely once you you know are a few years in your career I would like you are a hundred percent the one interviewing the company not the other way around um and your skills are in demand and and know that but um, I think on that note too, your, your first job and your first company isn't going to be the company forever. So you also don't need to put too much pressure on yourself and worry too much. It is just about getting the foot in the door, and then even if it's, hey, I had six months here, I can showcase these skills. If it's toxic, get out of there. Yes. Don't stay. Mental health is way more important. Um, and jumping around isn't a negative anymore, especially in the the digital you know world that we live in and marketing, like. People, I don't think I've stayed anywhere longer than two years, um, especially earlier in my career. Hoping to stay a lot longer now, (laughs) I've found my forever home at Pinterest. But early in your career, you have to just to keep learning to get different perspectives, as you said. I've kind of been on every side because I strategically chose to test every side so I could I could have that experience and that perspective, which has just helped my my future roles. And
0: when you're early in your career and you're you know, looking, I guess we've talked a lot about kind of getting into the industry from like a post-grad perspective, but, you know, a question that I've never really asked in the podcast is like, do you have any tips for kind of, are you always looking for a job or are you, there's certain companies that you look for and if there's openings, you know, you reach out or kind of how does that process, like, do you have any tips on that side to kind of always be looking for, you know, the next best thing, but also, you know, staying true to, you know, your current role?
1: Yeah, this is a great question. Um, and, and this might be a bad answer, but like, yeah, always be looking. Like, I like you know, should make sure no one from from my company hears this. But just kidding. But like, you should always know what what's out there because you should always know your value. Um, mm-hmm. and and I don't think you want to be seen as a jumper. Like, there is definitely yeah. some negativity if you're somewhere like less than a year constantly. That would definitely be a red flag if I'm hiring. Um, but. I think it's always just good to see um, and, and take the call. Like you'll get recruiters all the time knocking on your door. Hey, it's sometimes good just to take the call, you know, hear a little bit um, and then say thank you. No, thank you. Um, so I think it, it, it is always good. Um, I, I just always, you know, ha- be looking on LinkedIn, see what's being posted. It's also just good. That's another way to keep a pulse on the industry. Um, but what I would say as well is one of the best pieces of advice I got when I started my career is slow down relax, you know, take it all in. Because I was definitely like, what's next? What's next? Looking five years, what's my two year plan? Five year plan, 10 year plan. You need to really soak in and enjoy where you are, especially early in your career, because that's where you're able to make mistakes. That's where you're able to get messy. And if you try to move too quickly, which I have seen a lot of people do, then suddenly you're in a management position and you don't, you know, you weren't able to, to have those, those areas of learning. And, and, and then you're kind of, I think the, the least best managers are the ones who kind of are, are faking that they, you know, can never answer a question that they don't know something. Um, I think no matter what level you get in your career and people who are, 20 years in their career and in leadership i think the best leaders are the ones who go i don't know can can let me look into that or, or like can you explain it to me versus you know trying to put on a front that, that you know everything because we don't especially in this industry um so yeah as much as i would say always keep your eyes open always i've always tried to be a few steps ahead um but also don't rush um i've had a lot of students reach out to me who say Hey, I've been here 8 months. Someone reached out and offered me so much more money and it, and that can be really tempting. You know, Toronto's expensive. <laughs> but you need to think about what's smart for your career if you're at a really big, you know, great name brand company and, you know, some startup is is dangling a, a little bit more money in front of your face, like they could go under in in 3 to 6 months and then you're left with nothing. So, be smart, be strategic, you know, be aware of what's out there, but don't rush um and I think that's that's the best way to go. That's how I've tried to to do my career.
0: I'm glad we brought this conversation up because I think it's really important and something that's not talked about a lot. I think there's a lot of resources out there for for new grads when you're early in your career. But I think as you kind of get further along, it's not talked about as much. So I'm glad I'm glad we brought that up. And I think just to reiterate, like I'm someone and people who know me in personal life know that I'm always you could ask for my tenure plan at any point, at any time of the day, and I will tell you I have a set answer. Um, But it's also difficult because at this time right now and a lot of people on the podcast know I was supposed to be in Spain right now on a study abroad that was obviously canceled and pushed to September so now my plans of what I'm doing right now was not in the works and a lot of opportunities Mm -hmm. have come the last few months and I've just taken them because you know plans change and I think being flexible is important but definitely having an overall goal and making sure that the small mundane things you're doing every day or small changes towards your big goal is important so yeah, I just wanted to reiterate that because I think students always forget that you got to slow down.
1: Yeah. And I would say, like, throw out the 10 year plan. Oh my yeah, God. No, like, no, plan. no one, I mean, no one could have predicted COVID, right? Like, yeah. it, in our industry, which just changes so quickly. The jobs in five years, let alone ten years, don't even exist today. Yeah, right. Like no one could have seen like TikTok coming. No one could have seen you know Pinterest rising up like how we have. So you know have have a framework, but you need to be you know flexible. You need to pivot um, and and take opportunities as they come. Yeah, if you're a type A, if you're <laughs> a,
0: like I'm a Leo type A, like I have everything, you know. So <laughs> we really
1: got to be reminded of that often, mm-hmm. and
0: I think also. Another thing that's not talked about enough is like leaning on your support system and like making sure you're surrounding yourself with good people, I think goes back to the culture. So make sure you're taking some time and hopefully this is a reminder to just like take some time, schedule some self-care and like really enjoy whatever point in life you're at. And if you're at a point where you really think that things aren't going your way and you're looking for a new opportunity, like maybe taking some time to step back and look at things from a different perspective is what's going to give you, you know, the insights you need to really make a change in your life uh, for a more positive route. That didn't really make sense, but I think you guys kind of get what I'm trying to say. Um, so yeah, Just a I quick reminder. You. Yeah. Just to take <laughs> some time, uh, enjoy, take take a walk outside, like enjoy some fresh air and maybe that'll help you get a new perspective or enjoy the moment you're living in right now. Um, But with that being said, I want to ask you our staple question, which is what is one piece of advice you want to leave listeners with that you wish you knew when you started your career or that you've been given that's really stuck with you? I know you already gave one, but maybe you have another one.
1: Oh, yeah, I kind of I kind of stole my own thunder with that one. It really was the slow down. Um, But actually, I just thought of a second one Uh, kind of coming off of what you were just saying uh, of taking a step back is don't compare, Mm. don't compare yourself to your peers. Don't compare yourself to others. Um, comparison is the thief of joy. If we're going to go back to those, you know, common sayings, but it's really true because that can be really frustrating. Um, it's only going to make yourself unhappy. Everyone's going to move at their own pace. Um, and everyone has their own path. Um, I think especially, you know, as a woman, as you get older, you start seeing some of your friends going on maternity leave or, you know, getting married. As I just said, like, we're all at our own, you know, pace and we all have our own you know life moments and milestones and, and path for us and when you're early in your career you're going to start at the same level as a lot of your peers in recent grads and you're going to see everyone go off in different directions and when you compare and you see someone hey they just took this new job and i heard they're making this much more um you might start feeling like you need to leave or do more but you know what? That might not have been the right choice for that person. And you know, as I kind of said with that like startup example, like I, I've seen so many people make the mistake of like thinking that like this pay raise is is the be all end all, but it's not a long term strategic step. So you should be thinking two steps ahead, not ten years ahead. So don't look at what your peers are doing. Don't don't get you know jealous or feel that you're not moving quick enough. Um, you're all at your own pace, and and people who I've seen stay somewhere for a long time has ended up really benefiting them, and and you know they're getting promoted and at like a VP level now, um, which you may not get if you if you jump around more. So everyone's on their own path. Don't compare. Take it slow. Mm-hmm.
0: I love it. Thank you so much, Caitlin, for sharing your journey and more insights into, you know, your experiences and how your career has unfolded. And we obviously, again, congratulate you uh, on the upcoming wedding. And uh, we can't wait to see where the rest of your career takes you. And um, like we mentioned before, but if you're interested in reaching out to Caitlin or learning more with the ad club, we'll definitely have all those links in the show notes. So feel free to check it out. And thank you so much again, Caitlin.
1: Thank you for having me. This was so much fun, um, and definitely open to any of your listeners reaching out. Um, and you know, maybe I'll be back on your podcast when you'll be you'll be in Spain in the fall. And fingers
0: <laughs> yeah. crossed, fingers crossed.
1: Amazing, <laughs> amazing.